Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. The sun's going down in midnight Texas and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Spartan. And today we're reading chapters 16 through 24 of Midnight Crossroad, the first book in the Midnight Texas series. Previously, the Midnighters have their first annual hike and picnic, and man, this one will be tough one to top. Before they've been there for 15 minutes, they find a corpse and kick off a murder investigation into a missing local. As traditions go, that one's a doozy, but also feels like it might not be out of character for midnight. You know, like every annual yeah. picnic, they find it's a, another it's corpse. It's our annual and, corpse finding hunt. Yeah, <laughs> we find the corpse and find out who's missing, or which missing person is actually dead as opposed to just vanished in the night. Yeah. I mean, next time they're going to get a two for, right? Because those two guys disappeared and they said to move them to the regular spot. Right, right. Yeah. I hope this isn't the regular spot. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just figured out like where this picnic keeps going, right? Like, two people know exactly where the picnic needs to be next year, right? That's, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so the discovery of Aubrey's body sets the town to work. The town seems less interested in solving the murder than finding a patsy to take the heat off Bobo, but no one likes Aubrey and everyone likes Bobo, so I guess we're just fine with that. Yeah, that, that, that's sort of how the justice system works, right? Writ large, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, kind of, right? Like, you know, the good ones and the bad ones and... Right, sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Mostly that involves money, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, in small town justice, it's just the most likable person, which, you know, I mean, I guess that's better. Right, yeah. Who's Bobo? Bobo? Who's Bobo? The most likable man in town. <laughs> right. <laughs> Manfred and Bobo go to dinner at Joe and Chewy's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, everyone kind of just goes about their business at this point. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a looming cloud. Um, no, not like, you know, the... Not like the fact that there was a murder, but the fact that Bobo is sad. Mm-hmm. It's, like, hanging over the town, right? Yeah. Um, Manfred's kind of trying to cheer him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, like, it's funny because they go to this dinner with Chewie and Joe, and you can tell there's a moment there where Manfred's having to get over the idea of two dudes who love each other's dicks or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that was... Two men who are in love with each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I, I appreciate... I, I, so, I assume part of that is loving each other's dicks. Probably. Yeah. They, they love the, the total package of each other, including their packages. Right. The, I, I appreciate that. I thought it was well written. You know, he's a... Manfred is a, is a shitty 22-year-old, right? Like, yeah. So he's like, oh, that, that bed. Those, those dudes must have sex in that bed. That makes me a little uncomfortable. But he doesn't say anything about it. Uh-huh. He gets over it. Has a nice time. Yeah, yeah. They have a nice dinner and everyone has a really good time, you know? It's, 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 I would say mission successful, right? <laughs> they do, but in true Sookie Stackhouse style. Uh, after they leave, they see a suspicious car and they are attacked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, this is great. Uh, they see the suspicious car and Manfred's like, let's go hide in the shadows. And they go hide in the shadows and they're like, I don't see anyone there. And they're like, that's because we're right here. <laughs> Which I think literally what they say or something like that. Right. It's great. They shouldn't have said that because that's what got their asses kicked. It's true. Right? It is. Yeah. They start fighting, but Creek, Sean, and Lemuel all help out. Yeah, creep- apparently that's just what you do in this town. Well, Manfred uh, wails like a siren. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does mention he squeals a little bit. Yeah, and the, I, the whole town comes a-running. Yeah, Creek comes out with a bat, which I'm sure is exactly how Manfred wanted 
this this next interaction to go. He's <laughs> like, I heard a, a high pitched squealing came <laughs> running. Oh, hi, Manfred. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's five on one, and so they take that out their attackers pretty easily. Five on two, right? Uh, no, you're right. Five on two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Sean is very insistent that Creek disappear before the cops show up because he really doesn't want their name on the police report. I, I think it's interesting that uh, Mr. Lovell called the police because that probably saved these dudes' lives based on the last time yeah, that people yeah. came to town. It seemed like they were heading for the usual spot. <laughs> See, yeah. Like, Lemuel's there, he's like licking his lips a little bit, and, he's, and Sean's like, I called the police, and Lemuel's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think... Was Lemuel actually involved in the fight in the end? I feel like he just kind of showed up, right? Well, no, he grabbed one of the guys. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, and I think Creek probably would have killed that guy. With the bat? With the bat. You Seemed think like. so? Yeah, well, I mean, she, she took him down, you know? Yeah, yeah. he thought he had bro- she had broken his back. I mean, I, apparently he did, she didn't, but still. Yeah. I mean, like, going after someone with a bat is not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, you know... And, and Manfred, you know, he pasted one with a good punch. That's nice. Yeah. Sure. Manfred. Gets yeah. more and more suspicious. Arthur Smith arrives and decide, <laughs> randomly decides to cuff the two attackers because he doesn't know them. <laughs> He's like, I don't know these guys, and I know you're, you guys, so... You're outsiders, so uh, you must be the ones in the wrong. I mean, this is yeah. kind of going back to what we said, right? Yeah, this, this is, is how, this is how works. it works in Midnight. I'm impressed that they got Arthur Smith on their side so quickly. I mean, you know, it's Bobo. He's I so guess. charismatic. People I just guess. can't help but like Bobo. Yeah. Must be. Uh, so yeah, the two attackers start talking about their missing friends, and everyone kind of plays dumb about it. What? Yeah. And then when those guys start talking about their status as soldiers <laughs> of a sovereign nation for, freed from a false government, and everyone's was, like, oh, okay. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It like... I had to go check the publication date on this because I was like, it's kind of a thing right now. Yeah. Sovereign was, citizens? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I was yeah. like, oh. They, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine especially in Texas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Was, I reject your authority and I, they, I've, I've abandoned my slave name. And, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Eagle and I'm Buffalo. I was like, okay, guys. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and Arthur Smith looks at their driver's license and I guess his slave name is Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're part of a group called the Men of Liberty. And they're looking for those two guys that Lemuel and Olivia <clears throat> disappeared. Yeah, the Men of Liberty uh, we know are the, is that white supremacist group that's been after one of the white supremacist groups. Apparently, there's several that have been after Bobo's uh, hypothetical guns. Oh, I thought they were the ones who were after the like books and school libraries that have like gay people in them. Both. Yeah, all mm-hmm. of the above. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Julie, that kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 ones that try and stop. State governments from teaching that slavery was bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the same bucket. The next day, the Rev stops by to randomly give Manfred a blessing. <laughs> yeah, he just like walks in, blesses him, and walks away without a word. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like, I, I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I'm not into the, the clergy, but this character is growing on me a little bit. <laughs> he's so weird. Yeah, he's really weird. I, I enjoy the character, but I would, I would be a little miffed if someone did that to me. If someone just like came in and blessed you and then left? Yeah, just try to like incorporate me in their religion. But okay, but like, what if he's talking about animals like he often is? That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's like animal church or whatever. And Fiji calls immediately after. Fiji is like always just checking out what's going on. I get the impression that she is bored and like just like sitting setting up outside her window all the she time. She works like one day a week, right? Yeah. Uh, she works all the days because she lives at her shop. Oh, but nobody goes to her shop, right? Nobody does, yeah. I guess she's just hanging around all day staring at the yeah. other houses. She's a busybody. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the deal. Yeah. But in this case, she shows up with a uh, 
potion, I guess? Tea? I don't know. Some sort of brew that makes him feel better, so that's nice. Nice. Uh, And she gets the details of the fight from last night. Mm -hmm. And then then Detective Smith shows up, so this is just like, he's got a lot of traffic today, right? He does, yeah. Yeah. One of the guys that they arrested was in a bar fight at a place called the Cartoon Saloon, but for some reason, the other guy did not press charges. Yeah, uh, the Cartoon Saloon. Whew, man, that, that... When that name came up, I was like, okay then, all right. Uh, and I can't wait to, to, to see the cartoon saloon. But um, but yeah, apparently those two attackers lawyered up and have pivoted to a slightly less insane sounding story so they might get out of jail somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Arthur Smith also tells Fiji that Aubrey's parents think that Bobo killed her. Yep. Yeah, so Fiji decides that they need to go to the cartoon saloon and talk to the guy who didn't sue Zane whatever, one of the attackers. Thank goodness, because if they said the name Cartoon Saloon and never went there, I would be very upset. (laughs) I would be desperate to know more. I mean, who knows? Maybe toons are real in this world, right? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe it's populated entirely by actual cartoons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, was it Roger Rabbit, Toonville or whatever? Toontown. Toontown, yeah. Uh, They're bringing Olivia because she's very good at finding out things. That's kind of her business. Yep. And uh, Manfred's like, what's her business? And Fiji's like, we don't talk about it. Come on, man. I'm starting to roll my eyes a little bit about this. Like, what what is the secret? Like, we're we're going with this person on an investigation, Mm -hmm. and you can't tell me why this person is an investigator? Uh, I mean, we don't know that she's an investigator. Well, what what is going on here, you (laughs) know? Assassin? She she could be that, right? And you could be getting, like, involving yourself in, like, an assassination right here. Or, Uh or, like, an assassin's business. This Uh could be really very bad. Oh, I mean, yeah, but, like, you know, it's small towns, right? We help each other out. (laughs) I mean, we literally know she participates in murders, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not that far of a step. Yeah, I mean, Manfred doesn't necessarily know that she's a killer, but Fiji does, right? Who was around when Olivia arrowed that guy? Was it just Bobo and Olivia and Lemuel? Yes. Was, yeah, but, but was Fiji, Fiji saw did something, she show right? Up? I don't remember. No, no, she wasn't involved. She, she wasn't involved. She saw the truck there and then getting vanished or whatever, right? Or something like that. Uh, I think she, she, she never saw anyone. She saw the truck there and the truck gone. So I think I think she oh, okay. she has no information about the disappearance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, chapter 17. Arthur Smith tells Bobo that he knows the gun that they found is from the pawn shop uh, but it didn't have prints on it and the two sovereign citizen guys said that the two missing men came to talk to Bobo so Bobo is not in a good place yeah I think it'll look good for Bobo now. no not at all Mm-mm. chapter 18 uh, we also learn that Olivia has computer skills and a lot of legal connections yeah mm-hmm. huh interesting whatever yep definitely an assassin but she, Manfred, and Fiji go to the cartoon saloon to find Deck Powell, the guy who got in the fight with Zane. Yeah, I gotta say, the cartoon saloon, it delivers, you know? Like, it's essentially decorated with a wide array of stolen IP drinking booze, right? <laughs> yeah. Like everything, like everything. There's like a Wally, there's if, like If a, they violate all the copyrights at once, they can't be sued, right? Yeah, they cancel each other out. That's yeah. the that's Yeah, the all the legal lawyers story. will get stuck trying to go through the door at the same time. <laughs> well, and it seems to have worked so far, right? I've, I've spent a decent amount of time out in West Texas. Yeah. Um, I've been to Terliwa, I've been to Marfa, which I thought Marthasville was based on, but it, I don't think it was. But it's the same idea of these like desert communities that are just weird and they are super fucking weird. So this like mm. really fit in for me. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think it makes sense. Uh, not exactly the kind of place you'd expect a bunch of white supremacists to hang out, but hey, you know what? 
I mean, it's West Texas. There's a lot of land. Yeah. I was curious if it was supposed to stand in for an actual city, but like Marfa itself is much, much smaller than Marthasville, which is where this is. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, they do come up with a clever ploy to find Deck Powell. Yeah. Uh, and apparently he's enough of a regular that the waitress knows him by name. What kind of person is a regular at the cartoon saloon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's the only place to drink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like when they found when they find him, it was actually a little anticlimactic. He's just kind of like a. He's just, just a like, guy. Just a yeah. guy. Yeah. He's, He's kind of boring, honestly. Yeah. Olivia's caring, but I guess that's not that notable in West Texas. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I assume. I assume like it's coin flip on whether somebody's caring or not in yeah. West Texas. But she brings him to the table and gets him to talk about the fight. He was threatened by Zane's posse to not press charges. The Liberty Boys. The Liberty Boys, and that that's good. <laughs> yeah. But the leader of the Liberty Boys is a man named Price Eggleston. <laughs> I know. Price I, Eggleston. I, I, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do with your life if your name is Price Eggleston? Apparently start a white supremacist militia organization <laughs> and have no other choice. Uh -huh. And Olivia gets the location of the um, Men of Liberty uh, clubhouse or ranch house that Price Eggleston owns. So they immediately call the police. Immediately call the police for nope. that information. Nope. They're like, that's where we're going next. Yeah. So they actually find it pretty this, easily. This is the point where Manfred should have bailed out. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm just going to go But we're, we're, we're not going to go to the militia house. At least I'm not going to go to the white supremacist militia house. <laughs> I'll stay here at the cartoon saloon. You can pick me up on the way home. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they go there. and I did like, when, when at the cartoon saloon, since they're on a job, Manfred's like, well, I don't want to get drunk. So we just drank Michelob. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, this is great. great. He's so proud to be walking in with two women older than him. He's such a twenty-two-year-old. Yeah. He's like got two hotties, uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of them, you know, uh, pays the bill. And like the waitress walks over and clearly sees that that uh, Olivia is the the, the alpha or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, still it still counts. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, uh, but Olivia, we're. I'm pretty sure Olivia was saying that she was just going to kill all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She alludes to something nefarious. Yeah. And, and Fiji's like, you can't do that with all of them. And Olivia's like, can't I? <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> I'm telling you, she's an assassin. Yeah, maybe an assassin? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Why would an assassin need to go to San Francisco? To kill somebody? Yeah. I mean, that's what assassins do, Jeff. They go to San Francisco to kill people? They kill people all over the place. They kill people in Texas sometimes. To get some excellent cuisine, take in some sights, <laughs> ride depends, a cable car. It depends on where the money is. They follow the money. Yeah. Money full house. She's an assassin, and her, her specialty is she always talks people into committing suicide at the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, oh. that's good. So maybe the person that she's trying to kill isn't in San Francisco, but she's flying them to San Francisco on like a like a romantic date. She's like, hey, yeah, so, right. You know, Honeypot brings them out there, and then once she's there. He's like, what's, what's even the point of any of this anyway, right? And yeah. like, You're right. <laughs> right off the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what Fiji was saying. You can't talk all of them into jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. And she's like, can't I? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 19. That pawn shop is sketch as fuck. There's like this creepy guy who Manfred is pretty sure isn't human, like, like crawling out afterward. Uh -huh. Yeah, yep, yep, one yep. night. But yeah. also, uh, Manfred is like grappling with his feelings for Lemuel. Yeah, he has to go in to tell him no homo. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, he can't stop thinking about how they held hands. He's like, okay, yeah, when he's we like, held hands, was that gay? Yeah, does that make me gay? And it's like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, he decides to go to the pawn shop and see 
to see for himself that he doesn't want to have sex with Lemuel. It's the only logical thing he can do. <laughs> I have to go there and not have sex with Lemuel. I'm yeah. not going to have sex with Man, I'm thinking about sex with Lemuel. <laughs> Am I gay? <laughs> it's okay, Manfred. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, how much did you like the snake shifter? Uh, the snake shifter was great. Yeah. That was really cool. You mean Glinda, the snake Glinda. shifter? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Manfred asked Lemuel, he's like, yeah, she a friend? And he's like, no, snake shifters don't have friends, just people they're trying to eat or something. <laughs> people they haven't eaten and yet. And Lemuel was like, no, stop it. Stop it. No. Drop it. Drop it. <laughs> so it's it's almost like a little bit of a damsel in distress situation. Do you think Manfred feels safe so that the Lemuel's kind of rescued him from this you know, situation? Right? Yeah, he, this yeah. Is, he was thinking like never. Never in a million years. Lemuel's not his type, but you know, just keeps coming up in his thoughts, you know? Yeah. Starting to see, see Lemuel in a way that he never did before. Yeah, yeah. Manfred asks him some questions, you know, get, wants to get to know him better. Yeah, tell me about this energy vampire thing, Lemuel. Yeah, wait, wait when were you born? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is 1837. Yeah, so, you know, 150 years. This is another goddamn Civil War vampire. <laughs> I think could probably, be. yeah. Oh, come on. I know. No, well, oh, yeah, it could be, right? <laughs> right? Texas, yeah. 1837... Yeah. Yeah, I totally could have been a confederate. Yeah. Fuck. Well, we'll see. Maybe he's not from here. Come on, Charlene Harris. Come on. <laughs> Enough with the confederate vampires. <laughs> yeah. um, Chapter 20? Wait, hold on. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so as as Manfred is kind of like probing a little bit, like trying to figure out what's going on there, Lemuel seems to like twig what's going on. He's like, hold on. Hold on, buddy. You're not my type. You know, like shoots him down a little bit. It's like, <laughs> you're interested in Creek, right? Right? And, and uh, Manfred's like, oh, yeah, 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 Creek, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm really into her. <laughs> and uh, so Lemuel warns him that he better be cool or they're going to have problems. Because, you know, he has, he's protective. Yeah, and Manfred's like, what would you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. you tie me up and spank me? <laughs> so Manfred leaves, confident that he hasn't had sex with Lemuel. <laughs> right. Yet. <laughs> Successfully not gay for the evening. <laughs> for now. Chapter 20, Arthur Smith returns. I think he's going to move into the town. He seems like he really likes it here, right? He does. Hasn't he asked a couple people, like, what do you, why, do you li- why do you live here? What do you like about this place? That kind of thing. Yeah. He's like just kind of you know, feeling it out. There's, there's, there's a couple empty places here. You know, it's not a bad place to retire to, probably. You know, small-town cops probably don't make a ton of money, and I'm sure there's a low cost of living there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, yeah. True, yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes into question Bubble more, but he also lets him know that Aubrey had not been shot, that the hole in her chest was not from a bullet. Yeah. And Bobo was no longer a suspect because those alibis that he was in Dallas, with the alibis provided by Fiji and Olivia, are work for them. Uh-huh. So. They're like, yeah, yeah, that seems legit. Yeah. So, uh, he said the, the coroner apparently said that uh, somebody was her, her romantic partner was so mean to her and did something so wrong that her heart just burst out of her chest <laughs> and she died strictly because uh, her boyfriend was a bad person yeah mm-hmm. yeah but not a gunshot <laughs> and Fiji busts in and like what even is her deal there like the cop walks into the pawn shop and she busts in and it says she's like full of adrenaline and was planning to attack I mean I think she was gonna uh, I freeze mean, him? Freeze Hopefully? Him. She's Nothing a witch, works. right? Like, she's got, she's got, like, she's got power, right? Like, what's the game plan there, though? Blast him and run, right? Make for the border? I guess. They're in Texas, so, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, luckily, that's not necessary. Yeah. Fiji 
this doesn't seem like a real forethought kind of person. No. No, no probably not. Not at all. Uh, Bobo and Arthur discuss his shitty grandfather and the Men of Liberty, the yeah. Liberty Boys. Yeah, they're just talking about like what they what they know and what they what they we you know what his history is that kind of thing. Yeah, and Olivia pops up to be questioned, which is pretty much just to get Arthur away from Bobo. Yeah, um, and also Lemuel, because remember he's like talking about knocking on the door. Arthur like, was real slow about that one. You well, I mean, I don't know how they feel about vampires here. They're, they they should know about them, right? I mean, this, yeah, it's like a huge fucking deal, right? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden there's vampires, you know? Yeah. So they could just say, he's a vampire, you don't want to wake him up. But they didn't seem inclined to say that. Yeah. It's probably rude to out somebody as a vampire, even in this day and age, you know? Yeah, that's fair. You know, you don't know how people are going to be about it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I mean, it was pretty obvious to me. He's like, he can't wake up during the day no matter how loudly you knock. <laughs> what if I knock really loud? What if I stand over him? <laughs> okay. Uh, and as Arthur's leaving, he gives Bobo a warning that Aubrey's brother, Macon, is pissed off at Bobo. Yeah, he says that he believes that he didn't kill her, but Aubrey's family still doesn't. And apparently her brother could be trouble. And I was like, oh, is this another Sandra Pelt yeah, situation? This, this is a Pelt situation. Yeah. <laughs> Bobo's going to have to kill everybody in that family. Yeah, it seems like, <laughs> seems like that's where this is going. Chap- or, or Lemuel. Mm-hmm. Chapter 21. Everybody's eating at home cooking, and the Rev gives an impromptu sermon. And at first, I kind of rolled my eyes, like, as Manfred did, but apparently he was giving a whole sermon about, like, wares and giving some apocryphal stuff. It was, it sounded pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would have no. listened to this. Yeah, there's these stories, like, he, he said, this is the things that were deleted from the Bible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know. I'm like, I, uh, it's a, again, not there for sermons, but this sermon, I would be very interested. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this guy's, this guy's a were-rev. Where Rev? Yeah, oh, he totally is. Because even Joe, who's very strong, by the way, is like, he's scared of Rev. He's yeah. like, you do not want to get this guy angry. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is interesting. He only does sermons when he's worried. And, uh, yeah, you, don't, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday evening, Manfred goes to one of Fiji's classes, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. And while Fiji is, like, connecting with everybody, he gets a vision of Aubrey's corpse asking Manfred to tell Bobo that she did love him. I have to say that Manfred, like, he's being kind of snotty and contemptuous about this whole thing, but he knows that magic is real. He yeah. does magic power stuff. He knows stuff. specifically that Fiji can do magic. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, and Andy has a vision while he's there. I mean, I just, I just feel like this is like, come on, dude. Get over yourself. Yeah, you know? he's super snotty and judgy about it. And then he chews her out at the end for encouraging the women in the class because it could lead to black magic. I got Okay, so Manfred scolds Fiji for using her powers irres- irresponsibly, which, again, seems pretty rich from a dude who uses his powers to build people for money on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. Come on. My exact thoughts. Yeah, so whatever. You know, Fiji, don't listen to this dude. Do what you're going to do. Make people happy. I think that... I don't know, there's something going on there, because that seemed a little out of character for Manfred to just kind of unload on her like that. Did he, has he gotten in trouble for, the, for this kind of thing in the past, of I teaching think, people? I think, I think he says he's seen that before, because he says the problem with encouraging these women is they'll, like, that's how you get like 
enslaved boyfriends and dead husbands. And mm-hmm. he was, the way he was speaking, it was like he had had experience with that. He knew he had seen that happen. I so for, maybe. I forget, is Manfred a character from the other books? Yeah, he's from the Harper Connolly series. I wonder if it's something, have you read all those? I have read them. Is there anything, in, is he alluding to something from those? I don't, the thing is, I mean, it's been a while since I've read them because it's my least favorite of her series, but although the main character does have supernatural powers, I don't remember there being any sort of like magic or witchcraft in the books. Hmm, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain there's not. So hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's just this Harper person who has a very specialized gift. And um, of course, Manfred's grandma, who was kind of a psychic. Hmm. Does Harper kind of like shoot lasers out of her eyes? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happens. I knew it. Yeah. yeah. Laser eyes. Yeah, it's a pretty good gift. Yeah, she doesn't actually do anything. She just hangs around and shoots lasers out of her eyes. That's what I would do. It's really well described, though. Yeah, what I would do, actually, is I would use it to zap mosquitoes. Oh, that's not bad. In my backyard. I wouldn't go anywhere else. I'd just do it in my backyard. I'd find eggs. <laughs> with, with lasers? Yeah, like a pan. Eggs. Oh, that's a good idea. Man, see, you're, you're already coming up with creative solutions <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> Chapter 22. We know that it's a full moon, and there is something outside of Fiji's house that night, which is very interested in Madonna and Teacher's trailer. Yeah, something big sniffing around the entire town. This is this is Rev, right? Like Rev is what, exactly what I thought. It's like this has got to be Rev. But yeah. the question is, what is he? Because there's, I mean, there's lots of different kinds of wares, and this is something big. I think were tiger, right? Oh man, I hope it's a were tiger. I don't know. Were tigers are supposed to be pretty rare, though, right? Yeah, but you know. This is Midnight, Texas. Everybody's rare here. Have we met a werebear? Werebear. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm, I don't think we have. I don't we think have. we've met a werebear. I wonder if there's such a thing as a werebear. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's such a thing, but... Yeah. We've met were-snakes, were-wolves, were-bats. Were-foxes. We've met a were-foxes. Uh, were-lynxes, a were-owl. I had a sneaking suspicion until this very chapter that uh, the Rev was a were-cat and Fluffy was the same as Rev. Mr. Oh, Snuggly. Mr. Snuggly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. was the same as That would have been the cool. Rev. I would have liked yeah. that, yeah. But they, yeah. they were both in this scene, like the Mr. Snuggly looked at the monster. For once, finally. Yeah. 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 I know. That was a good thought, though. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Where Snuggly. <laughs> no, Mr. Mr. Snuggly is aware and turns it's, into... It's actually Reverend Snuggly. Yeah. <laughs> the right Reverend Snuggly. That's right. Chapter 23. Hey, Price Eggleton's ranch has burned down. You mean his Nazi lair? Yeah, his Nazi lair, uh, which happened when Manfred just happened to notice and wonder why Olivia and Lemuel's cars were missing. Yeah. Huh. So Fiji was like, you can't possibly burn them all. And Olivia was like, yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) And then she did. I mean, are we sure that Olivia is not a vampire? Because like, oh no, something happened. There's a fire. Is that her version of like tornadoing? (laughs) That's a great point. She's around during the day an awful lot. Uh, That's true. That's true. That must be a Lemuel's thing though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like the fire burned all their blood out first. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that's too bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Bobo has a recollection when he when he uh, hears the name Price Eggleston though. Apparently, Price came into his place and tried to sell an old gun, but was super weird about it. Yeah, he was like trying to get more information from Bobo about he how he felt about guns and how he cared for guns, and he just wanted to get a look at him. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It seems pretty clear he was scoping him out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just like, for instance, what would you do if you had a, I don't know, a pile of rocket launchers? Yeah, <laughs> where would you, would you take put them? Yeah. <laughs> 
And the next up, this is, this is, oh man, I love this scene. I know, me too. This creepy old woman comes into the <laughs> shop to get an old brooch that Lemuel had fixed for her. Yeah, he he's like, he immediately recognizes this person as they walk in as one of the quote unquote night customers yeah. <laughs> because she's like sidling in and like moves in a really unusual way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like an old school hag. Yep. Uh, and she talks like she's not used to talking to humans or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But she's just there for normal stuff. Um, yeah. And interestingly, she, she mentions two people that she knows, Lemuel and the Rev. Does she mention the Rev? She does mention the Rev. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. She calls him by his first name, I think. Emilio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Emilio. Oh, the Rev. Yes. Of course, she says. Yeah, and she calls Lemuel a nice young man. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she um, she does attempt to haggle, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And then she um, she pins it on and transforms. Yeah. Yeah. To a beautiful, beautiful woman in her 40s. Yeah. Like, just turns into a hottie. So this is what this pin does, apparently. It's a good pin. That's a good pin. You yeah, got more than twenty bucks for that. Uh, I mean, she she was she was like, oh, twenty bucks is a lot for this magical <laughs> pin that transforms me into a hottie. Oh man. I would probably pay more than twenty bucks for that. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I would go. I would not call myself like a hag, but if I could just put on a pin every morning and like have my hair done and my clothing done, like how great would that be? Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then she makes some joke about wanting to eat him up. But him being off limits. Yeah, and Bobo's like, fuck this. And he, like, speed dials on his phone. He does, he does like women do when they're, like, walking home at night. Uh-huh. And there's a guy behind them. You pretend you're on the phone. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, I'll be there in just a minute. Yeah, yeah. Like, Come meet just... me with the Rottweiler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you don't have to bring all your guns. Just the big one. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, and the, this woman is clear, it is a little miffed by that, but realizes that Bobo has the upper hand here. Yeah, she, Maggie is her she name. She disappears. Yeah, that's, that, I, I love the scene, it was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he called Fiji, just randomly, and yeah. uh, she she and Mr. Snuggly immediately arrive. Yeah, like she's prepared for anything, you know? But yeah. she, she pops over with like you know, magic magic fingers blazing. Shotgun hands, I guess. Mm-hmm. Shotgun hands she's blazing. She's looking for a reason to do somebody, you know? I get the feeling, right? Like, she's just ready to go. I think like, she feels a little left out of all the murders. Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how she would kill somebody. She's got the magic, right? I mean, she can probably freeze them in the middle of the highway, right? Oh, true. They just get hit by a car. Yeah. Or drop them in some water somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You just pour some water down there, into their lungs. Yeah, freeze them and just pour the water down in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Drown in the middle of the... Like, put some tape over their mouth. You don't even have to. Just tip their head back, right? I don't like Fiji, but I think she'd be a very good person to know. Oh, absolutely. She seems great. Yeah. She's involved. She's passionate. She's generous. I like Fiji. She's fun. She's always ready to go. Yeah. She smells like clean laundry. I I mean, that sounds great. (laughs) What does Bobo say? Like a comforter you just want to pull over you on a cold night? (laughs) (laughs) I think think that she wouldn't mind being pulling her (laughs) over you on a cold night one bit. (laughs) Bobo, I think. But Mr. Snuggly's kind of walking around the store and he finds a hidden recording device that had been put in there by a young woman who had got the same young woman who had gotten married by the Rev the other day. Yeah. The wedding that Fiji and Manfred witnessed. So Fiji and Bobo are going to pay her a little visit. Yeah, they look up her address and they're going to go visit her. And after Fiji leaves... They're like off... They're like... was, was They're off the beaten track here, right? They're, uh-huh. they're, they're now investigating this stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They, they could call the police. Yeah. But no, they're like, we're, it's go time. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, that is a weird one, though. Like, I guess you could call and be like, hey, I found this recording device that I remember this woman put in. Like, uh, I don't know. It takes so much explanation. But Why not just go house? solve it yourself? <laughs> I mean, there are lots of ways to solve it. What are they going to do if this is like a white supremacist terrorist cell? I they mean, just, knock the door they just go get in. Olivia and Lemuel to come bring it down. Yeah. Right. Or, or Fiji just starts blasting, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, also, Mr. Snugly Talks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She offers him some tuna. He says, "About damn time." Yeah, yeah. Which seems about like what what a cat would say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I was thinking, if we're if, if Fiji and Bobo are a couple, couple names, right? We got Boji. We got Fibo. I don't know. Oh, those are both terrible. They don't sound very good, right? No. I'm having trouble here. The, the problem is they both have very specific Weird kinds names. of names. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, chapter twenty four. Bobo and Fiji go and visit. That young woman, the newlywed, Lisa Gray. Yeah, they roll up ready to do some damage, but uh, she kind of lets the steam out of their vengeance in an engine because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 a little sad, yeah, right? She just starts crying. She's in a rundown house. She's like, you know, they they, they both have kind of rough jobs and mm-hmm. they don't have any money. And I mean, she's I, pregnant. Were they gonna beat up this pregnant girl? I, I mean, the, plan? The, 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 I think it was. One of the options like, that they were prepared for, yes. If, if, was there anything she could say that would lead to them beating up this pregnant girl? Uh, yeah, I mean, that probably. probably she, she's super into Bobo. I, I, th- I actually think it wouldn't have been that hard for her to get beat up in this situation. <laughs> you know, if she had just, like, talked back or, like, gotten, like, up in their faces, I think it would have been go time. I wonder what freezing would do to a fetus. Probably wouldn't Magical be good for freezing. it. freezing. Mm, it's part of the uh, the... Circulatory system of the mom at oh, that that's point. That's a good point. Right? Yeah, so, probably, so it, it probably just counts, right? Counts as one. Yeah, yeah. probably. Probably does the same thing, right? Mm. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, she, once once they start talking, once they approach her, she folds like a stadium chair, right? And immediately, she she lets them know that Price Eggleston paid her to place the camera in the shop. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars, and Bo- but as they leave, Bobo thinks the remorse was completely inact. Yeah, that was. I didn't catch that, but Bobo says he's good at reading people and uh, believes yeah, that she is lying. I didn't think of that, but I did think that all the crying was like a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he thinks she's probably either working for them, or her boyfriend's working for them, or withholding some information, whatever. Right. So they should have beat her up. Yep. So they mm. probably should have beat her up. <laughs> Send Lemuel to burn down their crappy little house. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's 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 option two, right? Yeah. Well, after that, they go and check out Eggleston's burned-down ranch. Uh, Olivia and Lemuel definitely did do it, and they also planted stuff from the two dead guys. <laughs> yep, so that's two messes cleaned up with one fire, right? Yeah. These are really efficient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, as, they're, as they're going out there, uh, Fiji reveals that she knows kind of some inf- inside information because one of her customers is the arson investigator, and they found uh, cell phones, wallets, and... <laughs> And a fingerprint on a, a gas can, and they found they they bought the gas from a nearby gas station with one of those people's check. I was like, man, wow. this is an elaborate deal here, yeah, right? They, they, how long has it? It's only been like a day. They uh, set this up fast. Uh huh. Yeah, they bought some gas with this guy's check card. They mm-hmm. and then they, and they, they got don't. a fingerprint. So they, they still had the body. Yeah, him? I had the same thought. Or at least the finger. <laughs> or at least the finger. <laughs> well, they yeah. always keep a finger. You, you know? never know, right? That's exactly this reason, right? For exactly this reason. you got to be able to plant some fingerprints. You need a finger. Yep. 
Yeah, they found exactly one print. <laughs> they found several of the same print, the index finger print, all over the place. Just poking everything. Index finger. Completed, yeah. yeah. Weirdly enough, just just the index finger print on all of these things. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good thing these guys are friends, not enemies, right? Yeah, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are these are friends to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, as long as uh, as long as you don't mind being fed on occasionally, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 25 through 31 of Midnight Crossroad, the first book in the Midnight Texas series. I am Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars and buy some cool merchandise at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good, good night, night, Fiji. Fiji.